0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. I will be your host tonight uh, on a night where the Winnipeg Jets unfortunately do lose to the San Jose Sharks, uh, two to one. And I am joined by my good buddy Nick Lynam, uh from Topline Media. Nick, how's it going, man? Why are you here? What? What? What's? Why did you say yes to this? It's currently twelve seventeen <laughs> in the morning. It's already the next day. <laughs> uh, and and you were crazy enough to say yes to this. Uh, I appreciate you coming yeah. on, buddy. How you doing?
1: <laughs> you know, I could be better staying up that late to uh, watch <laughs> them lose two one to the San Jose fucking Sharks. But uh, yeah, I'm here because I'm an absolute sicko that loves talking hockey. So let's talk some hockey, I guess.
0: Hell yeah! And I mean, hey, uh, with a with a game like that, I mean, there's a lot of things to talk about. But I think I think for me personally, the most. The most important thing I think is the context coming into this game. Obviously, the Jets are on a bit of a road trip right now, but the biggest thing, the big news in Jetsland, Kyle Connor, our uh, our boy who was on the road to potentially, you know, maybe maybe vying for a Rocket season. You know, he's been doing pretty good. Uh, we get the news that he is now out. Uh, they're they're still confirming the time frame uh, of six to eight, six to eight weeks at the moment. He's being flown back to Winnipeg to really uh, get that all checked out. But uh, but anyways, uh, other than that, uh, we also got the news that there was going to be no suspension for Ryan Strom after uh, just trying to straight-up kneecap uh, uh, Kyle Connor. Uh, before we get into the game, uh, what was your thoughts on that?
1: George Peros is an absolute joke. Like, absolute <laughs> joke. How, how do we have the violent gentleman running Department of Player Safety like, not even just this hit. This the NHL was wild this week with the hits from behind, none of which got uh, penalized. And then you had the good Branson uh jumping because none of the hits get penalized. He gets a game. I, I you know what? I thought the David Perron six games was fine. Like I mean, he he was kind of a jackass in that mm-hmm. situation trying to trying to take a guy's neck off. I mean, I don't have a problem with that one as much as some people. But that knee man was terrible. If you watch it back, I tweeted it out this this morning. He misses with the chicken wing first and then sticks the knee out. I blew my ACL at 20 years old because of a fucking hit like that, so maybe I'm a little sensitive to it. But that is absolute garbage. You can end a guy's career, man.
0: Yeah, it is. It definitely is dog shit, and especially if you look at like the the recent, um, you know the 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 recent suspensions in regards to kneeing. I did a whole just Twitter search. Oh, you know, suspended for kneeing. Most of them end up being two games, unless they're you know mm-hmm. su- you know some sort of uh, retaliatory one. I know Arthur Kaliev at the start of the season had a two preseason game and two regular season game make of that what you will uh uh, type of suspension but I thought this was at least deserving of one game I'm a little frustrated that uh, two games the the one thing that I I I can give Strom is he was kind of on that path already but it was definitely dirty I'm not going to stand up for him for sure but uh should have at least been a one game suspension uh it is kind of dog shit if you ask me
1: about the pathway, all I'm gonna say is he had two strides of space to change that pathway once Kyle Kamata- Connor cuts to the middle of the ice. Like, I think it was absolute dog shit. Then there was some guy from Anaheim like talking shit about Kyle Connor losing his knee on Twitter. Like, what kind of world are we living in right now? It's just absolute bush league all around. Uh, I just, yeah. I don't know, man. That piss, that pissed me. We, we lost one of the best scorers in the NHL. Fans don't get to watch this guy for six to eight weeks. Because of a player like Ryan Strom, like who the fuck's Ryan Strom?
0: <laughs> and 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 the game against Anaheim too, right? Like yeah, uh- like. Anyway, but anyways, hey, I mean, we can't be talking uh, too much, too much crap about the uh, <laughs> about the up. You got me worked no, up no, already. I, I, hey, well, I, I got to wind you up right at the start. Got to make sure you're still awake for this one, uh, as it is already the next day. But uh, if you are here with us in chat, we really do appreciate it. Uh, drop a drop a like on the stream, uh, and if you're not, if you're listening the next day, I don't blame you. Um, but, anyways, returning back to this game, uh, we can't really talk too much, uh, too much trash about the uh, the Pacific Division, California teams that are in the lower half of the of the standings. As we played against a Sharks team that coming into this game was, I, th- I think, last in the league, and uh, and the Jets just can't pull it out against them. So, considering the context, considering the Kyle Connor stuff uh, and everything else. How bad is this loss in your opinion? Is this is this someone we should a loss that we should be, you know, I'm 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 not saying should we should pull any sort of panic button or anything like that, but it just I don't know. Like the, the it, it's always difficult when you lose to a a team that's at the bottom of the standings.
1: So I I think my answer is going to surprise you and I don't think it's that bad of a loss because despite that their last week and a half, they've been kind of a pesky team finding their, finding their way here. They've scored four goals, goals or more in all five of the last five games. It might be four. I don't have it in front of me. And in all in four of the five games, they made two-plus goal comebacks. Like this team hasn't kind of given up on the season, despite like the almost record-breaking brutal start. They've kind of found their way here. So I don't think it's that bad of a loss, but what is bad is the fact that Again, they're losing a the game when they go zero for five on the power play. They score one goal in this game, so things like that that have been kind of trends at times, I think, amplify it a little bit. Um, but I, I don't think it's because San Jose is as bad as they were to start the year. Just because we're you're, you're kind of getting them at a tough time here.
0: Yeah, and and it is interesting, and I, I think they kind of mentioned this on the broadcast and everything too. But it, it, I think it did ring true that you know when you are a team that is this bad. Uh, at least to start the season, you know, you get to a point where you're just like, whatever, man, let's just go out there, try to ruin some other team's night, have some fun. Uh, They, going to the end of the game, you saw how frustrated Mikel Granlund was with uh, some of the offside calls. Like this team was very clearly in this to win it. Uh, The Sharks that I'm I'm, I'm speaking of, of course. Uh, So I kind of land somewhere in the same spot as you, but at the same time, it's like, you know, we look at, at at this Jets team and, you know, you and I, we were hanging out uh, on Sunday. We watched uh, the Anaheim game and that was a game where the Jets didn't really, again, against a pretty weak team, didn't really come out too hard. Uh, mm-hmm. Games of note that I can remember specifically, uh, obviously the Carolina game where they get outshot like, what was it, 16, 16 minutes without a shot? Um, yeah. The I'm the only reason I I I would worry, and I'm I'm not necessarily fully on the worry train or anything like that, um. But I'm I'm questioning it because uh, this team seems to have some trouble starting games, and again tonight, Laurent Brassois kind of bailed them out as they got what was it like? Mm-hmm. How many? Sh- I have it written down here. What fourteen to
1: one at one point. I'm pretty sure fourteen to one was the, the it, peak of it.
0: It was a it, it was eleven to one after five. 5 it. minutes. What is yeah. how I can't do the math on the spot right now, but what is that? Like
1: a goal every 30 seconds or, a or a shot, shot every 30 shot. seconds. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. uh yeah, that's I mean it, anyways, coming back to the question. Should we worry about how this team starts their games cuz it seems like they usually try to end up finding their stride midway through at some point. Um but it definitely has me a little concerned. <laughs>
1: I think it's a fair concern because – and I keep pounding this drum and some people were kind of surprised by it earlier. But I already felt this team was a top six scorer short. So never mind that you add in, now you're missing Kyle Connor. I feel that they're too short from a contending level top six. And then if you go look at the numbers, this is a bottom eight, probably even worse now, team at generating offense at five on five. Like, quietly, like – We've had some pretty big numbers put up by some guys, but as far as uh, some of the analytics, that is where this team struggles. So when they when they do put themselves behind the the game, it's fair to wonder if they're gonna if they're gonna pull themselves out of it. Though they do seem to answer games pretty well down one, and mm-hmm. you see a push, and you saw it today. Um, but with the fact that they don't consistently generate from that slot, and today notwithstanding, I thought that they. Pretty good job there. They didn't bury um, that. That should be a concern for people going forward. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it's the one thing that this team has kind of preached is is the step. It's cons- and and along with that is consistency. You know, if this line isn't going, then this line's going. If this line's not going, then this line's going. Um, and but uh, but I think that it's it, it's more than that. I think it has to do with more of a mindset thing. And I think that tonight kind of exemplifies a night where Again, maybe they just kind of got in their own heads, you know, coming into a barn where, again, you don't expect to have the biggest match, the, you know, the most difficult matchup. Just obviously, you know, Rick Bonuses was touting the fact that, you know, the Sharks shouldn't, you know, you you shouldn't be taking them for granted or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that's a message that maybe didn't get to every single person on the team, unfortunately. But luckily it did get to Laurent Brassois, who does draw in tonight. Uh, I know that I'm bearing the lead with the power play. We will talk about that. I think we'll spend a good chunk of time on that, I'm sure. Um, What did Mm -hmm. you think of uh, LB's game tonight?
1: Great. Uh, Absolutely no complaints. Um, He was everything they could ask for and more, considering, in my opinion, San Jose was the more dangerous team most of the night. Uh, It was kind of a coin-flip type game. You kind of hope the talent on the Winnipeg side wins out, but Laurent Brassois, I mean... Five bell save after mm-hmm. five bell save all night. And he looked like confident in doing it. It wasn't like he was just throwing himself there. He, he looked composed. He looked in control. And after tonight, after a very, very tough start to the season, he finds himself on the positive side of the goal saved above expected <laughs> leaderboards here. <Really>? <laughs> after after only two good games. yeah. Like, that's how big those last two performances were. Yeah, he was a he was a minus one point one on money puck going into today. And then allowed two on, I think it was 3.8-ish. So, yeah, he's going to slightly cross out that threshold. And all of a sudden, both goalies, after a very tough start, have been the backbone the last little bit, actually.
0: Yeah, and and that's also, you know, going back to our previous conversation about, like, worrying about this team is that, Connor Hellebuck and Laurent brossois have been the reason the Jets have been able to rebound from, you know, they, they lost a couple games in a row there. Um, and it seems like they have been really the backbone, kind of the Winnipeg Jets, as we always know, uh, relying on their goaltending. Um, but I found that, like, again, I, I've never been happier to be uh, proven wrong. I'm not sure if you caught it, but uh, we did a report card show uh, a couple episodes ago against it was uh, after the Chicago game. And I gave Laurent Brassois an F because I was expecting him to be, I mean, not necessarily a goalie who's saving, you know, uh, two to three goals above expected every night or anything like that. But uh, I, I expected him to be a, a a backup. You could go to confidently uh, in a game like this. And, you know, when you're playing against a, a team that is lower in the standings and again, the The Carolina game, I think, was really big for his confidence. and uh, and I mean, hey, he got pretty much the same treatment right at the start of the game today, too, right? Yeah. So I mean, hey, if if Laurent Brassois was in the net, maybe the Jets should be allowing like ten shots within the next for, within the first ten minutes. but uh, i I wouldn't quote myself on that necessarily. But anyways, I think it's now time to move into the important stuff. The, the, the stuff that is uh, that I think what I would describe is what costed the Winnipeg Jets this game here tonight uh, was the power play went 0 for five tonight. The Jets got the benefit of the doubt with the refs in regards to uh, getting a lot of calls their ways. Some not so much, but we won't talk about that. Uh, and now they are zero for 11 on their road trip. Nick, what what did you think of the power play today? Because I, I have some very mixed thoughts. Uh, so do I. So do I, I. I didn't expect to have to have this conversation today. Um, At least in this way.
1: <laughs> like like I think back to the power play. I think it was about nine minutes in, left in the second period. And I liked it. Despite the fact that they didn't score, they got four different chances from four different angles. There was some, there was some mix to it. Normally we're used to seeing Connor... Shifley, or no, yeah, Connor, Morrissey, Shifley. They actually had some different opportunities. You had like a, you had the Morrissey bomb, I believe it went off the post in that mm-hmm. one. Then, then you had a, you had a Ehlers one-timer. You Perfetti,
0: had... Perfetti drove the net. wrap, Yeah. And
1: Vlardi crashed. Like, yeah, they, they had some mixed opportunities. And it was one of those nights where it wasn't stagnant. You were seeing some movement. Yet, only a couple of quality chances per power play really got through. I thought San Jose did a pretty good job of mm-hmm. getting in front of getting in front of pucks, blocking pucks. They were very compact um, and low in that zone, and it seemed to work. But I don't know, man, because there were some quality looks. But you can't go over five, like, 0 for eleven, over twelve, whatever it is on this road trip <laughs> to win games when you're when you're not scoring consistently at five on five or generating consistently at five on five anymore. Like they they need to figure out this power play, and there's there's too much talent on it not to. Like even without Kyle Connor, you have Josh Morrissey, Gabe Velarde now back in, which adds a whole different element than they had even with the Cal Connor. And you got Fed, you got Nick Ehlers and Mark Scheifele. You should not have 0 for 12 stretches. Like you got to put a puck in the net.
0: Oh, I, I, absolutely. I I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I think I think what I what I saw tonight was a team that was a little bit freed of kind of what they were. I don't know if it's necessarily structure that's been taught to them in regards to uh, you know always trying to look for Connor as the trigger man. I don't know if that's just a built in uh, you know personal bias, but it felt like the 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 power play was a little bit more free to move the puck where wherever it felt like it needed to, wherever the space was, which was super exciting. Like I, I, I had the exact same thoughts in regards to after that second period. Um, cause it was, you know, I, again, we got chances from multiple players, which doesn't really happen a ton. Usually we get, you know, we get Kyle Connor trying to take his one timers. We get maybe, uh, some sort of kind of play where it goes down to Perfetti and up to Velarde. Maybe you get a Morrissey shot, but in general, they're looking for Kyle Connor and, as much as I love Kyle Connor, he makes a lot of his offense on the rush. He's not an in-zone uh, uh, scorer as much as he is a... Or sorry, at least he's not he's not a, a stationary scorer, which he kind of turns into... He tries to be that when he's on the power play. Um, but... It, so so so, what I saw tonight, I felt like a step in the right direction, but at the same time, they kind of got lost, uh, trying to figure out really what to do, what chances should we take, when should we be shooting. There were times in in the you know the second period, of power play was was very very good. In the third period, they had a lot of chances. They held the puck a lot, but it seems like they just didn't know when was the right chan- right time to take their chances. I mean, there was the 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 power play where Ehlers, um. Like two, two times in a row just tried to to force a shot through and it just yeah. made no sense. And then he misses the net. And so like I I as much as I liked this the direction that I saw the power play going into, obviously you have to keep in mind, as you said before, you can't be going on five. Uh that just can't be happening. Um, I'm a little bit I'm not necessarily worried, but I'm not sure the way they have it currently set up is the right way to have it. As much as I love having Nikolai Ehlers uh on that right side i think he's got a good shot i think he's also just not great with puck management he does provide a completely new um dimension of of uh of being dynamic on that right side because you know he, he's not standing still if he gets the puck if he sees a shot lane he'll go for it if he doesn't he'll do some sort of move and try to go down or try to go up um whereas kyle connor was maybe a little bit more i'm just gonna let the you know the defense play their zone. Um, but I, like I don't know, I just I don't really know what the solution is here. And now we're going to be what two to three months potentially if it's if it's really bad. Uh, without Kyle Connor, I have an idea
1: for you. I have an idea. It's a slight Shoot. tweak. Shoot, they need. A, there's a slight tweak they need. They have the right five guys. They have them in the wrong spot. I agree. So you want you want you want Morrissey as the QB. You actually want you want Ehlers on the left side, where he does that loop, builds up some time. And he's got to be looked at as a shooting threat. But he has that clean pass. Mm -hmm. You get Mark Shifley in the middle where we've seen it. When the Jets at power players at their best, his shot is so good. Teams have to respect that as a shot. You get Gabe Velarde down low in front of the net. Go watch Gabe Velarde's 24 goals from last year. Tell me (laughs) how many are tips. Tell me how many tips are bouncing off that spot into the high slot and getting open. Get him in front of the net and you bring the kid over. And you let the kid quarterback from the sidewall because you know what? Goldberg's shot is sneaky good.
0: Oh, absolutely. You, you have
1: you have to respect the shot, but his mind's going to completely take over that power play as the quarterback on the right side. That's all. That's all you need to see. Give me a give me a couple games of that look. I guarantee
0: they pawn pawned I was I was going I was going to try and poke holes in in what you said uh until and I, and I had I think I, I think I had the right spot to 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 target you I th- I thought I had your weakness but then you said that Perfetti would be actually the quarterback. I thought you were going to mention that, you know, Ealers would have a lot of the, uh the, the puck management duty just naturally being on that side. And if I, if and I'm sure you're kind of mentioning also uh, a couple of years back when he was on the, w- with Pionk on that power play, he, and, and the second power play was significantly better than the top power play, um, but then I was going to be like, "Well, what about handedness, Ooh, this and that?" Um, which I think I think is is important to consider. I definitely think it's important to consider. I don't think it's it's the make all be all. I think it's something you just need to work with, you know.
1: So, so I'm going to say this though too. I don't want Nickieler taking a one timer. I want him skating in, and if he's going to yes. shoot it, that snapshot is more dangerous from Nickieler than and, a one timer off the half hole
0: and more controlled. And and yes. you can fake that into a into a, a shot pass kind of thing. Oh, to ooh. Shifley or Perfetti. Oh, or or yes. no, no, but like like if him him streaking in on the left side and hitting either Shifley in the slot or Velarde who's standing in front with just like oh, mm, give it to me, give it to, it. me give it to I'm me, Rick Bonus, give I'm it to me, Brad Lauer, give it to me. Telling you, telling <laughs> <laughs> you. So that's it. We 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 have solved. We've solved it. We've solved it. Send, um, it. send them the tape, Someone guys. Listening. Clip this. Send clip this, please. Tape. I'm you. um all righty well that's I, I you know unless you have anything else to say on the power play i think we'll move on to kind of i will be talking about a lot of the same players here but uh we got a new look top line naturally with kyle connor Love uh, it, fall- love it. <laughs> that's it you okay just next cool. next topic. <laughs> I, s-
1: sign sign me up for more of it that is the best ga- best look we've seen from a top line i absolutely love every little every aspect of it like Oh,
0: I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. about this group actually. I I man, watching that to- that top line play tonight, like I'm trying to look to see, you know, what exactly their um, you know, their lines expected goals was. I know that they were dominating. They were 87%. Ooh. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. uh wow, that that line was hook in tonight they controlled Mm -hmm. the game i don't know which line they were up against uh a lot tonight because it didn't didn't matter it didn't matter no they they took over and you know what i really like about this line um it it kind of solved some of the issues that i found with uh when when velardi first came back and it was perfetti velardi and i follow i just felt like that line had no speed whatsoever this top line has kind of one of everything you've got your speedy smaller guy who's able to do everything that you need all all the all the important stuff that isn't really uh you know as 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 glorified just things like zone entries things like uh uh dumping the puck in down low and being able to be the first guy there um but also on top of that like you have the exact opposite a guy who doesn't need to use his feet to be uh so effective and Gabe lardi who Good grief. He's put a great it,
1: support man, man. Great put, support man for those Oh, guys. my
0: God. Put him in a phone booth with another player in the puck and you'll still get out with it <laughs> somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then Mark Shifley, who's kind of a bit of a bit of everything. He's a bit of everything, maybe not defensively, but in, re- in regards to I, offense, he can do a little bit of it all, right?
1: Hey, think about this. Think about this, too. Is if this works, and you know what you have in Lowry's line as far as taking on tough matchups, think of Perfetti and Connor against third lines. That's
0: oh oh it's why, right why there.
1: Think about
0: it, you know. <laughs> it's right there, guys. Just, just I'm I'm gonna be so upset. And and, and listen, it's only one it's game. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's it's one game, and it's against the Sharks again. Sharks have been good, but it's also still the Sharks. I'd like you know we gotta see bigger sample of it. But boy, oh boy, if there's any silver lining to Kyle Connor getting injured, is that we are gonna see some new looks on this top line. We are gonna see some new looks on the power play. Um, and, and, and realistically injuries happen, man. It's, it sucks. I wish the best for Kyle Connor. I would never, ever hope for anyone to be injured. Um, but at very least the jets get a chance to mix some things around. If push ever came to shove in the playoffs, you need to know what you can go to. And, uh, wow, that, (laughs) uh, a a banner game for that top line. They were great. Yeah. Despite not scoring, unfortunately. Um, Mm -hmm. To move on, uh, Morgan Barron uh, got a bump to the second line, as we'll call it, uh, just for for (laughs) posterity's sake, so that everyone's on the same page. Because when you say the second line, they think of not Lowry's line, despite the fact that Lowry's line is the second line. Um, Morgan Barron got a bump up. He's, you know, he got the, one of the big goals in, in the game against, uh, the Ducks. Uh, he's been playing well recently and he's a guy who I personally have wanted to see a little bit more from, uh, what, what'd you think of his game today or, and, and just that second line in, in, in total.
1: So, so if you're a listener to top line, Morgan Barron has me and Jordan both have a soft spot for Morgan Barron. Um, they're just, he's a great depth player. Like, I don't know if he'll ever be more. I don't think the offense is there. We kind of saw it even today. There was that uh, two-on-one where he looked off the guy. It was a pretty, pretty not great look. Um,
0: he didn't he sell it.
1: So many, <laughs> yeah, he did sell well enough. Not like a shooter would. No. Not like a shooter would. But he just does so many little things well. I, I, I like to see him get the bump, especially getting rewarded after the big goal. Um, a player, yeah. I mean, his ceiling is probably a third-line player anyways. And that's what... I mean, I know we're calling it the second line, but that's what we're, the line is being used as a third line. I think that's the the right guy to kind of get the bump right now. Uh, I also find it interesting uh, where I follow sense after yeah. being on the top. I think that's the hidden story here, to be completely honest that, with
0: you. That was, that's a four
1: million I, four-liner.
0: It's it's crazy his fall from Grace. Cause cause he had that that starting like the the when he first got bumped up to that top line and he had the two goals in that first game, everyone was just like, I love this guy. He's perfect. He's great. I want him, he's just the perfect third man to that. And ever since then, he's just kind of fallen down the depth chart. And uh I'm glad you brought that up. Um, because he has been just kind of like and Tonight was a really weird night. It was very difficult to get a a, a grasp on how players played with yeah. certain other players, just because of the the lovely decision to go with eleven and seven, which I didn't even realize until the game had started and I saw Logan Stanley on the ice. Um, but yeah, like, what is going on with Iafal? Like, is that a player? Do you think that is just kind of in the doghouse, or they they just haven't found necessarily the right spot for him, uh, or are they going? Well need. we'll use him when we need him kind of thing.
1: I think I think they kind of and he's not he's not this player. I think we I think he was getting compared to him a little bit, but I think they kind of look at him like the Matthew Perot of old times. But the thing with Matthew Perot is he drove play, whereas I Alex I is a, a third he, he's not gonna drive you a lot, let's put that way. He's the third wing to whatever line he's on. And I think honestly this is just foreshadowing where the Jets are going to be especially if they bring in another forward, which I'm praying they do, <laughs> uh, because uh, he's not going. Well, I just don't like the one spot I would see, like to see him try. It, if it's going to be anywhere in the top nine, is like some kind of Appleton and him swap. If you ever wanted to break up that line or mm-hmm. give it a new bump or whatever, because you know what, I think they've had a bit of a a slow recent yeah. stretch that we're not talking enough about. Uh, but act, I, I don't know. I just think he's kind of you look at the roster and he's a nice depth player but it's hard for him to make a big impact in the top 9 ahead of guys like Vladimir Mesegov who's been great yeah colferetti um that lottery line to tell of late, like where where do you fit him higher that that works
0: yeah and i i i would tend to agree with you as as far as that third line second line is is maybe the potential spot he could go to cuz i i I think that he is just not being used correctly. I, coming into the season, I knew that I I wanted to see him with Shifley as as kind of the third guy because I thought he could be, maybe a little bit closer to a you know a Zach Hyman type who can be kind of you know a, a hound in the corners and you know maybe have a bit of an offensive touch. But regard regardless, will play well defensively. Um, I think that at this point in cr- his career, I, Alex I follow is maybe just a decent defensive forward. I would have to look at his metrics this year, but coming into you know, from from previous teams he was on, uh, with the Kings, he was always a, a defensive first forward. So, for me, like I, I look at, at at that player and I go, okay, well, that should be a shut shutdown line guy. Um, and you know, I I would hesitate to move Nino off of that line because I think that he's been kind of the offensive punch. But when was the last time that line has scored at five v five? Like, I I I don't I can't think of it off the top of my head. Can you like? I don't know. It's, uh, it's certainly going to be, uh, an interesting place. And also like, it it just feels weird with the, the idea of adding someone like normally the jets, when it comes to the trade deadline are always a team that is kind of looking to fill around the edges because they have the, you know, the top, uh, the, the top line talent or, or whatever, uh, you want to call it or the the star power, but it really feels like, Well, but I'm I'm just more saying like historically they've always been the the fill out the fill out around the edges. I mean, and and look for a second line center. <laughs> um, yeah, that's <laughs> a pretty big
1: piece. of Back to back deadlines, man. That's a pretty big. So, okay, so here's where I think we have the Kevin Shovel Day off narrative wrong. Because I'm actually going to give him some credit here. Every time the Jets have been like firmly a top three team in the contender, he's got bigger fish hunted. Yeah, but when they've been this wild card version that. We've all known hasn't been good enough. Maybe he just kind of gave up on the season himself and said it. Hey, this team isn't worth the big fish. I'm I'm wondering. I actually have some faith faith this year, Ooh. and I I think anyone that follows me knows I have absolutely zero faith in that guy. I actually think it's different.
0: Oh, I <laughs> I don't know. I here's the thing. Like I I I think that it's. So, sorry. So, I just want to be clear with your point. Are you saying that you do expect him to go big fish hunting this year?
1: I do. A hundred percent, I do. I think he looks at this team like 18, 19, and 17, 18, more than 19,
0: 20, 2021, 20, 21, 22. Right. I... I would hope so. a lot of time to change that, though. A <laughs> lot of time to change that. Yeah, it's that it's is, December, but at the same time, I mean, you you can look at this at this team and you can go, okay, we've had a stretch where uh, the 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 star players carried the team. We've had a stretch where the depth has been able to do it for us and and pick up the slack. We've had a stretch where the goaltending has saved our asses. So I mean, it, it's all about those three all hidden at the same time, and I think there's reason to believe in this team. You know, like there's a reason for Chevy to go, hey it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be a waste of my time and energy and assets to go and trade uh, a Chaz Lucius or a whoever uh, or a pick for. Send them, send them. I'm not hugging prospects. But but also at the same time too, Witten, I mean the, like Chevy and the jets have kind of made their bed. They've got Connor Hellbuck. They've got Mark Shifley. They very clearly are win now mode. I'm sure there's been some, some, uh, some handshake agreements that, Hey, we're if if we're in a good spot we're gonna go for it kind of thing um again depends on what chevy wants considers you know big fish hunting of course we've had some pretty decent ones that have turned out really well um i'm really interested in seeing what he goes for i know that you
1: you you just gave me another good point here
0: quickly oh no hop in absolutely
1: so I, I was teamed by last year until that February slide, and then I actually wanted them to trade PLD. Talk about switching the thing. <laughs> I, I went I went from tr- trade for Timo Meyer to trade to PLD off the roster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but talking about the contracting, the core was locked up 17-18, 18-19, and then we saw a bit of a, you know, they were out of picks, out of prospects. They didn't go as hard they're back to being in a similar spot. The team isn't as good, but they're back to being in a similar structure. So if we're looking historically, I'm still leaning that way, but I'll let you get back to where you're going.
0: Well, I mean, I was just going to go to, you know, Hey, we there's, there's been a lot of interesting news regarding, you know, some pieces that may be available at the deadline. We've had, you know, conversations of Jacob Rana being put on waivers. We heard the the report that the flames are looking for a second for Chris Tanev. and maybe if the market pushes it up, uh, a first round pick. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, and also now, obviously tonight if if anyone was looking at the uh, the ticker, uh, we all know that uh, the Craig Barube. Uh, previous head, ex head coach of the St. Louis blues is uh, got fired tonight. So uh, that's a team that maybe start, might start, uh, you know, tail spinning. Uh, who are you looking at as potential ads? Maybe comment on the guys that I mentioned. And I know I already know you're already going to, I I, oh. I, I, I put it right on a tee for you. Uh, who, I, bu- who you I bust
1: for Bruce Nevitz. I bust for <laughs> Bruce that might be the, That might be the hashtag this year. Um, on the on the St. Louis thing, I, th- I gotta say, I think it's absolutely hilarious that Craig Berube gets canned for having an 80 point team on pace for 80 points. Like, who is lying to themselves and still thinks the St. Louis Blues are good? I had them as the second worst team coming into this year in the Central Division. I think there I is did too. Yeah. There's nothing exciting about that team. There's nothing exciting about it. Um, Chris Tannum, I think, is really interesting because I do think that's a piece that would fit in really well on this decor. Um, I have, I've, 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 said this a few spots, but I'm really curious about Chris Tano beside Josh Morrissey because of the old Chris Hughes pairing. And I know Tanov's getting up there in age, but it's just something to ponder. Um, it allows you to use Dylan DeMille a little bit lower too, if you want him to carry a, a death pairing, right? <laughs> Put
0: him back on babysitter um, duty.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, not that that's necessarily a need. It's just something I'm intrigued by. Um, and the, the interesting thing here that adds to my theory the Jets have I in my opinion, seven, eight prospects that I think teams would kind of rate. Now, obviously some of those are higher end than others, but they have some depth there to move from. And that second round pick that they own is Montreal's. So when we're talking about some of these higher end assets that a Chris Tanner might fetch a second, when if the Jets are in a really good spot to be offering up the most valuable second, one that's gonna be closer to thirty than to sixty. So I think the Jets are in a really good trading spot. Um, we've talked about cap space in the past. They're oh. still banking that, um, though. They need to move out of some soon. I'm, uh, I'm pushing this one. Um, I'm actually very curious about this Philadelphia, uh, Winnipeg smoke because out of nowhere, Philly's watching every game the last four. Logan Stanley's playing every game the last four after sitting out.
0: Yeah,
1: that's not a coincidence.
0: No, and if you
1: look not. at Philly, <laughs> and if you look at Philly, they're shopping Rasmus or Selänne. They're shopping Nick Sealer and they're shopping uh, Sean Walker. So they're going to have three guys coming off their roster. They're going to need to backfill those with guys that you can fit on the roster that still ice a team this year, right? I'm going to throw this out to you. Here's, my, here's what I'm suspecting is going on right now. And I, wanted you to, I want your opinion on this trade. Sean Walker to Winnipeg. Rental, he's at 2.65 mil. Having a really good year, though. I don't think the metric – something's goofy with the metrics. Um, for Nate Schmidt, for Logan Stanley and Winnipeg's first round pick.
0: Sean Walker for Logan Stanley, Nate Schmidt, and with no, uh, retention and a first round. And
1: Winnipeg's first. Okay. How gross do you feel about that? Cause I don't feel um. excited about it, but it's also like, I get it.
0: I, Oh, here's the thing. I've seen a lot of talk about, uh, about, um, uh, Nathan Walker recently I, I I don't know enough about this guy I'll be honest with you like he just is not a player yeah, I'll fill you in what I know about him is that he is he he was traded from from the Kings to, uh, to to the Flyers in and he was just added in and then I remember seeing jokes about him being called a cap dump and then having and now he's having a good season I don't know enough about this player so Forgive me. I apologize. I just don't know enough.
1: <laughs> about I'll walk him. you through the thought process. I'll walk you through the thought process. So, I think we know Nate Schmidt, it's going to cost to get her out of Nate Schmidt. It's just a reality of it with the extra year. If he was a rental, I wouldn't think so. But with that extra year at almost $6 million, I, I thought you had a good game today, by the way. But we're talking about the asset is just not there. So, let, let's, say, let's say to get her out of Nate Schmidt, it costs you. That Montreal pick we're talking about, pick number forty, and Nate Schmidt. You get future considerations. You call that a deal? Okay. So then, so then I'm looking at it as Logan Stanley is not getting you Sean Walker. He's probably like a fifth round return at this stage. Sixth round, I'll take a seventh happily. I will Uber <laughs> and drive him to the airport. Uh, but that's I don't know if you'll topic. fit in your car. He might not, but we're talking about a guy that's not worth much. So obviously you got to upgrade the pick a little bit, right? So you're going to go from pick 40 to pick, let's say 21, 22, hopefully later. The big sell here is getting out of $6 million. All of a sudden you're saving three and a half the rest of the year, which you're banking for a big four now.
0: Okay. So go ahead. One
1: more thing. And it doesn't touch your farm system. So if something big still comes up that you want to be a part of, you're still in play.
0: Okay, so you're doing a good job selling me on this, but at the same time, I don't love it.
1: I don't. Love, I I don't love moving a first for Sean Walker. It's everything else attached.
0: That's and and like I'll be honest with you, like I, I would only do that deal if it's part of a third, if if it's part of a three way deal where we're getting someone where we're we are very clearly using that cap space that we are acquiring. You know, um, I know it doesn't really work out with that with having to bank caps and cap and all that. I know. I unfortunately am an Schmidt apologist. Oh I boy. I think he's still a useful piece on this team. I still oh it, it I I understand that his place on this roster is on shaky ground considering, you know, everything with with Hanola, with uh Declan Chisholm looks good. Logan Stanley, I'll even say <laughs> uh even though I would so far rather have Nate Schmidt in the lineup than Logan Stanley. I and I think that he's also good vibes wise. Like I know, I know that we, you know, we try to stick our, our ourselves to the objective truth, but I don't know. I I think that that's really important for this team is to 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 have a fun, good vibe. Uh, what? Okay. What? What's up? What's up?
1: Start coping now because by Friday, March eighth, twenty twenty four, he will not be a web page yet. Well, so just or to to that or, right
0: or, <laughs> or he signs Lee Min and just hangs out with the guys.
1: He's got another year.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, no, I but like, see. I I I say that just more to be like, I don't think that like I'm already apprehensive to trading away that pick. But I'm also I'm, I'm like, gonna, <laughs> I need reason to do that. I need reason why we are moving that.
1: Getting out of Nate Schmidt is plenty of reason. Trust me. And you're upgrading that spot. You're just getting put an him an off. NHL defenseman for that spot. Hey, listen. Okay, to me what for if a what second. if you wait?
0: I remember. I saw you. I saw you did the calculations. I swear. What if you waive him?
1: You 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 gain one point one five mil. So so then you get good vibes on the moose. Who fucking cares? We're, well, we're no, I at that, that, at that much, point, you know, I'm,
0: like- I'm at that point, I'm I'm I don't care about them. I'm more just saying like, is that is it worth getting the extra? What is it? Four mil from his. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's for a first for,
0: for a first round, uh, like Pavel well, but, no, I know, but you're gonna have to trade stuff for Pavel Vyshnevich as well, too, or yes, whoever yes. else. And, we don't even know who's on the block, but I'm just. With, What's the
1: goal right now? Is it to just keep going, or are we actually going to fucking put our foot down at some point? I, we we got to start paying attention to a cup. Like I don't I don't want. I to, agree with uh, you. We can't, I I we agree with a pick. We uh, we no, can't move a
0: pick. I I agree you? with you. I agree with you that you. But it, it's it's not it's not the moving of the pick that's the issue. It's the moving the pick for 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 uh, for Nate Walker. Like it's it's it is Sean Walker. It, Sean Walker. Respect on his goddamn name. Who's Give Nathan Walker? Suit. I said Nathan Walker earlier. Oh. Isn't He's he a right a, winger from
1: Australia. Uh, uh, okay, point.
0: whatever. Anyways, well, let's move on from that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, but it's just, it's like, I I just more need to know that it it's it's for a reason. Because give me
1: a... What does Montreal's pick and, and Colby Barlow get you at the deadline? You're in some conversations.
0: Oh, absolutely. Man. Oh, absolutely. I, that, listen, I... I am definitely in the win now mode. I am willing to trade things. But again, it's it's more my apprehension to that specific trade was more based on you being le- more based on just the trade as itself. And I get the Caspers hey, is valuable.
1: Guess what? I'd never have to do again if we do that. Watch Logan Stanley or Nate Schmidt play for my hockey team. And I'm okay with that sacrifice. I will get on Uber and drive both. I will do the lap around the city <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> i, <laughs> I hey, like,
0: i'll i'll, hey, I'll hey, join Tim, you
1: timmy jones timmy jones ain't helping me for the next six years at pick number 26
0: i agree i agree man <laughs> trust me i agree <laughs> and, but <laughs> anyways uh i i think i think we kind of hit on the 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 guys that we wanted to talk about regarding the trade deadline um one final push is, is there any uh any questions in the chat here i'll ask <laughs> As we are getting close to wrapping this up, what's up, buddy? What If it's what? if
1: it's, it's <laughs> Christanum, are you getting rid of that first Oh, absolutely. I want to the level here. Oh, I see what the level here. I
0: again this comes down to me not knowing enough about Sean Walker. So, okay, okay, and fair, and, fair, and, fair. and going, I don't know enough about this guy. I have no qualms with getting rid of of Nate Schmidt. I have no qualms with getting rid of. I certainly have no qualms with getting rid of Logan Stanley. I have no qualms with getting rid of a first round pick. It's just, I, I, the reason I was, appreh, I'm apprehensive to it is because I think that first round pick is also valuable in trade, in other, in, in other trade talks, in getting Bushnevich, in getting Chris Tanev, in getting the uh, all these players. And so that's that is 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 why. And I understand the cap space is a part of it. I'm I it just a big I,
1: part of it. The biggest part of it.
0: But you can always make things work. And who knows, maybe you don't have to pay a full first to get rid of uh again, like I, I'm not I'm not nixing that trade. I'm just here. I'm just asking.
1: <laughs> it feels pretty gross, but I, I'm still all aboard. Like get get the pedal down. Let's go. Okay, to the chat. If there's people in the chat, I'm ready. Let's go.
0: Uh I'm not seeing questions yet, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's okay it's fucking Liz, like, It's like one o'clock
0: in the morning it is we we do su- have a surprising amount of people watching considering you got 23 <laughs> people in chat here please do like the stream uh it was it was you know it, it was dreadful having to wait till 9 30 for the game to start but uh it, it tomorrow was tomorrow too <laughs> hey well at least i'm not on tomorrow Liz Liz has, has uh her, her lover boy uh in 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 la to watch and uh and comment on on tomorrow's game over winnipeg gotcha but uh, so the
1: sparks are going to be flying, the sparks
0: will be flying. Nick, can you give us a quick preview of tomorrow's game?
1: Oh, I think it's going to be ugly. I uh, I do not feel good about tomorrow's game at all, if I'm being completely honest with you guys. <laughs> um, the LA Kings are the best team in the Western Conference right now, and they're getting us on a back to back. It's going to be one of those ones where Connor Alabuc might need a stop 40 bucks. I mean, it. That team is very good, man. And they—they—they might even be bringing up their their number one D man of the future still to come. Yeah. Have you see what Brand Clark's doing in the AHL right now? He's kind of pisses me off for ever keeping that guy off the off the junior teams because of politics. He is so good at hockey. Yeah. I die. I yeah. die to have a Brand Walker in our farm system. We're i black Walker. We're we're talking too many Walkers. <laughs> Brand Clark.
0: Brad, you know what? We're we're getting a little delirious here. So you know what? I think it is time to close this one out.
1: You know it's gonna be painful tomorrow when PLD scores the game winner.
0: No, when Gabe Villardi scores the game winner.
1: Oh hey, are, are we gonna Velarde versus Lazan tomorrow? We
0: we right, well, it might not be Villardi, but it'll be Gabe, It'll be somebody going up against him. That's <laughs> for sure. It'll be either Dylan. It'll be Lowry. Maybe who knows? Uh, but it, hey, it, Dylan has the
1: same amount of goals as PLD, by the way.
0: Uh, he didn't get, he didn't get, I don't think he got credit for the gold. They did, did I? change it? They, they changed they, I think, it? I think they changed it to Vlad. Sorry, buddy.
1: <laughs> I thought that was but, a sick stat.
0: Hey, there's always tomorrow. Uh, And with yeah. that, we are going to leave you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you later today if you are in the central time zone or anywhere uh, that it's later. Hey, I'll say this.
1: The show is going to start after 12, though, so you might not see them later today.
0: <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> 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 whatever you know anyways we will see you after the I'm next asshole, game I know which is which will be against the uh the la kings uh Liz will be here giving you guys uh the the recap after the game so make sure you tune in for that thank you all for for joining us here tonight nick thank you so much buddy this that you made hey, hey, you exactly. made a, a, a show at at, at 12 15 when, when when did we start this uh oh, fantastic yeah, so this was a lot of fun thank you all for tuning in have yourselves A wonderful evening. We will see you next time. Peace.